1: Hello, welcome to the Ghost of of Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 25 of our chapter-by-chapter chapter book review of Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today, we will be discussing chapter 24 of A Game of Thrones, which is Bran 4.
0: Alright, and we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully... We will provide you some entertainment along the
1: way. We'll summarize what happened, discuss our thoughts, provide some useful background, compare it to the television show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some reader mail. Be sure to check out the show notes. They will provide some additional information about the characters and other things of note in this chapter. Yes, sir. You all right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, went to... Um cool place last night with a couple friends called uh, the drive shack ah,
1: it's a golf place right? yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah we had a really good time yeah it's a lot of fun
1: it's like like sort of like a half half real half video game type thing exactly yeah, yeah. you we we
0: played darts so that it turns the uh the driving range into a big dartboard and it tracks your ball and where it lands on the dartboard right. and, and it scores It is, it's pretty amazing how they can track this is not just one ball i mean that's a huge place right. there's Balls flying all over out there. and Somehow it can track just yours. So pretty cool. How
1: about you? I'm fine. Yeah? Yeah. Not much going on. I was telling stories about travel the other day. and uh, I was telling one about I was in Germany and I was desperately tight for a connection. And I landed at Frankfurt Airport and I had to get off this plane as quickly as possible. And it was a big plane. I was in like row 30 of like 40 rows. Yeah. And so when it was taxiing I got my bag ready and I had my belt, my seatbelt unbuckled and as soon as the sign went off I ran forward as quick right. as I could I got, I got like 10 extra rows forward by being so quick and then they announced they were going to open the front and the back doors of the plane <laughs> <laughs> so, by doing this I ended up being the very last human being off the plane <laughs> Like the, like the
0: pilots and the flight attendants were off ahead of you
1: <laughs> and when I got down to the bottom of the stairs there were two buses it was like it wasn't a jetway it was two buses and I said to the guy I said which of these buses will leave first and he said that one so I got on that one and the other one immediately <laughs> <the> departed <laughs> uh, yeah. I miss my connection yeah, yeah uh, I, miss my I can't connection, see how everything I, went so smoothly and I think it was I think I'm pretty sure it was transatlantic I think I was coming home from uh, Travel, yeah. All right, we'll get down to business. Oh,
0: You know, I just noticed. Quick sock check. Look
1: at that. Hey, Look how in sync we are.
0: We are in sync. We yeah. went for uh,
1: Greyjoy. Yes, how's who Greyjoy. I think is, we're going to get a mention in this episode.
0: You know, these are one of
1: my more favorite socks. Me too, actually. They are. Um, there's something cool about a kraken as a yeah sigil. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's anyway. Let's get kraken. <laughs> Uh, Last time we saw Bran, he was regaining consciousness after surviving being pushed out of the ruined tower by Jaime Lannister. His dreams seem supernatural and prophetic, but his body is irrevocably damaged. Mm -hmm. McKelly, why don't we give us the summary? I liked how we did that last
0: time. So Bran watches Summer, Grey Wind, and Shaggy Dog chasing Rickon in the yard from a window. The little guy is fearless with the wolves, and Bran holds back tears because he's so envious. Old Nan is in the room with him. She is so old, Bran isn't even sure which generation of Starks were living in Winterfell when she got there. She constantly confuses him with at least his uncle, Brandon, if not several previous generations of Brands.
1: Bran feels like everyone has abandoned him, even Rob, who is still at Winterfell, yeah. but Rob is busy being Rob the Lord more often than not these days, leaving him with Old Nan as his only but constant companion.
0: Yep, yeah, and Old Nan tells Bran a story about the Others, the Long Knight and the Last Hero, that both enraptured and scared the bejesus out of Bran. I hope that's a term that translates into... Uh,
1: I think it will get the message across. Okay.
0: But before she can finish, Maester Lewin enters and tells Bran that he is wanted in the Great Hall.
1: Tyrion Lannister, his two companions, and three brothers of the Night's Watch have arrived. When Bran gets to the Hall, carried by the simple-minded giant Hodor, things are contentious between Rob and Tyrion. Tyrion has designed a saddle that will let Bran ride a horse. Just then, the three wolves pad into the hall and surround Tyrion, growling and snapping at him. The boys call them off before any serious damage can be done. Rob tries to recant his previous mistreatment of Tyrion in light of the saddle. But uh, Tyrion decides to leave for a room in an inn rather than Rob's hospitality.
0: So at dinner that night, the black brothers that are traveling with Tyrion, who do stay in Winterfell, First tell the boys news of John before admitting that their Uncle Benjen is missing. The most senior member, Yorin, which you might remember from Tyrion 2, says that he's dead. This sends Rob into a burst of anger, insisting that he's not dead. Later in the darkness of Bran's room, the boys hold hands and Bran can hear Rob sobbing. In that moment, he's not Rob the Lord, he's Rob the Brother.
1: Yeah. So, we're back to Westeros. I, I feel... I feel like my excitement of the book now is mainly centered around Essos with Daenerys and around King's Landing. Yeah. I find the the chapters away from those two to be a little Uh bit. And and I think I'm kind of generous to Daenerys because I think her story is not that interesting yet, but it's got potential. Right. But everything that happens at King's Landing gets me excited, whereas the North and the Wall are just kind of like, eh.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well... I think in King's Landing is where, I'm going to use quotes here, the Game of Thrones oh, very is good. being played. Well done. Yeah. Especially Eddard's chapters are the ones that at the moment intrigue me the yeah, most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: well, anyway, I'm not disparaging. No. Bran but... sure.
0: has a lot of interesting things yeah, to
1: talk about. But it's got to be heartbreaking for him to watch the direwolves playing together. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that even, even as a child, you've got to see the sort of... The sort of spirit companion-ness right of the direwolf to yourself, and that uh, summer is running with the other dogs while he's stuck in there. Yeah,
0: poor. That's god. That's that's terrible. Yeah. So he's rightfully so. He, he's pouting and feeling sorry for himself, which, like I said, he has every right to do. He's suffered a terribly traumatic event, and old Nan, who's sitting with him as his basically his constant companion, and he kind of complains that she's always left with him. and um, She tries to cheer him up by offering to tell him some stories, and he gets mad at her because he's lashing out because he's upset, and says, I hate your stories, and I hate you! No, he doesn't say I hate you. Uh, but she tells him one anyway, and uh, she tells him the story of uh, how the others were defeated by the children of the forest and of uh, a nameless hero known as the last hero, which I mentioned in the background info when we talked about the long night in oh, yeah, Tyrion yeah. three, where, where he was at the wall. I mentioned all this, but Nan did a much better job of making it more interesting. And uh, yeah, she's obviously a very
1: good storyteller. So she, thank you. She's actually George Martin. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's a professional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah so she talks about the winters, the the snows being a hundred feet deep. Yeah. She paints a pretty terrible picture of the Long Night.
0: Much better, much more descriptive than my version of the Long Night.
1: And so we we get reference to the previous civilizations, the First Men, the Andals, the Rhoynar, the Children of the Forest. Yeah. When Bran says her, he doesn't like her stories, she she makes the point that they're not her stories, that these stories are real and they exist right. before and will uh, outlast her as well.
0: <laughs> She's a pretty interesting character. Yeah. I like old Nan. She brings, I think she... Uh, brings some cool stuff to the table. And like uh, we mentioned in the summary, she's been around so long, nobody knows exactly how long. Yeah. Bran mentions that even Edard said that she was called Old Nan, since he can
1: remember. And <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> ancient. Yeah, he's like 30. <laughs> so what what relation is she to Hodor?
0: She is <laughs> some great, great
1: something other right. to Hodor. But his real name is Waldor.
0: Yes, is not Hodor. Hmm. Yeah, and poor Bran. He really, you know, he just wants everything back to the way it used to be, which, of course, you'd understand, yeah. especially for a child having gone through something. But it's not just his legs that he right. wants back to normal. Yeah, exactly. If you, everything's If
1: you changed. woke up paralyzed, yeah. that would be awful. But you wake up paralyzed, and almost everyone you know and love has abandoned you. Right. That's got to be the yeah. worst part of it for him, you know?
0: His actual line is, it felt as if they all had died while he slept or perhaps bran had died and they had forgotten him which is pretty tough and maester lewin sent he mentions that he sent uh ravens to eddard cat john announcing that bran had woken and didn't get any responses so yeah that can't have helped yeah his psyche
1: just make you wonder how worthwhile cat's trip was yeah
0: well you had mentioned might have been uh, one of Catelyn's chapters maybe the one where she arrived at King's Landing or so you didn't necessarily get why she was doing it in the first place what she was really going to gain from taking this dagger to find out who it belonged to on the off chance she could find out who it belonged to
1: yeah I been mean, thinking about that a little bit more and actually I think she should have taught Ned her and Lysa Arryn's uh, secret code right which yeah. which I think of as just make stuff up and <laughs> throw, throw the paper in the fire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that yeah, then they could have just, just sent them. A little yeah, header. they could have uh, talked by Raven. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so Ran references that Rob's changed. He's yeah. not the just the fun-loving big brother he used to be. He is Rob the Lord, right?
0: And you know, he mentions that Rob. Doesn't have much time for him anymore. He spends most of his time with Maester Lewin or Hollis Mullen or Theon Greyjoy. And once again, we've got Theon Greyjoy, who is theoretically kind of a hostage of a house that had not that long ago challenged Robert's reign. He's in, again, probably hearing information that you wouldn't want your enemies to know about, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Clearly, Rob thinks of Theon as a confidant a really good friend. Yes. Yeah. He seems to be his constant companion.
1: Although, I mean, let's be honest, what is Theon hearing from Rob? I mean, Rob is running the north, but... Right. I mean, most of it is just, like, ruling on disagreements and putting food aside for the winter and yeah. things like that. Yeah, that's true. The fact that Rob is in charge and everyone's gone, now that's an interesting little tidbit <laughs> right. for, the, for the Greyjoys. Should the Greyjoys still harbor rebellious notions? Right. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, again, looking at Theon's loyalties, I mean, he was raised here. These, yeah, the, the Stark children are his brothers and sisters, right? More than anybody else, he's probably forgotten his family.
0: Possibly, he he said to Kat when she swore them all to secrecy when she was going to tell him tell them all her ideas about what's really going on with Bran. He said. Lord Eddard is a second father to me. Yeah. Now, we questioned whether he was just saying that because he wanted to hear the gossip or whether he truly meant that, but he very well may have truly meant that.
1: Yeah. So when Bran's called to the hall because Tyrion's arrived, we get a very contentious scene. Yeah. Tyrion questions how he fell, which again, going to the... Um, how how involved Tyrion was in all this it seems like the kind of thing you wouldn't say (laughs) but but then he does use the unfortunate phrase you Starks are hard to kill
0: (laughs) (laughs) that one I was like ooh (laughs) might want to rethink that phrasing but yeah so Bran gets down to the hall and Rob is sitting there with a sword unsheathed and even Bran who is an 8 year old boy knows that You know that's that means something when you greet someone with live open steel like that. So that yeah was not a exactly a love fest going on down
1: there. Yeah. So, but Tyrion's saddle is a very thoughtful gift. Um, He has designed the saddle, but it he says it needs to be a a horse that hasn't previously been ridden. This this horse needs to be taught, needs to be broken into this particular saddle, and it has to be a smart horse who can understand. the signals that Bran's giving it.
0: Yeah, he says it's not unlike his own saddle.
1: Oh right, I see. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then they question where did why? Why are you doing this for Bran? And he mentions that John asked him to help him. So
1: Which I mean that's that's also a little bit noble of Tyrion. it's true, but Tyrion did the work here. Right. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Credit, credit to Jon for asking someone to do something nice for somebody else. but <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, definitely Tyrion gets the credit on this one. Yeah. Very solid by him. So
1: tell me, why did the Direwolves attack Tyrion?
0: That is a very good question because there was a lot of people in that room. They could have attacked Jorin or anyone, yeah, any of the other... People uh, from the Night's Watch, but they immediately came in, surrounded Tyrion, and then I think it was Grey Wind grabbed him and uh, grabbed his sleeve and ripped his sleeve off and they had to call
1: the wolves off him. I do not know. I, I have a theory that, um, so the accusation is that the knife at some point belonged to Tyrion Lannister. His scent was on it. Is that where you're going? That's where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. The, 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 the wolves think, the wolves smelled that. Yeah. And they were like, this is the guy. This right. is the guy who sent that guy. Yeah, yeah. It was, We. I mean, again, we don't know if Peter Baelish is telling the truth right. about that, but I mean, it feels like. Yeah,
0: if he's telling the truth, and that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because yeah. like, there's really no other reason. But <laughs> it did provide for a funny line. But, <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion says, Uh, They ask him if he's all right. And he said, my sleeve is torn and my breeches are unaccountably damp. But nothing was harmed save my dignity.
1: (laughs) Just checking on the sort of sequence of events. Summer is the first wolf to growl. And Grey Wind picks up on the growl. Right. And then Theon says, uh, the wolves don't like your smell, Lannister. So I think there's something there that, that, that it's... Right. Summer is the one who's leading them. Because, of course, the other two wolves never would have smelled the knife. Yeah, they weren't there.
0: That's a good point. I like that. It certainly would explain why they've singled out Tyrion, like so.
1: Yeah. So, um, the gift and the fact that the wolves nearly killed him make Rob backpedal from his initial treatment, uh, Yeah. puts away the sword and offers him hospitality. Yeah, Tyrion's not having it. No, Tyrion figures he'll stay outside of Winterfell. Yeah.
0: So I was thinking about it. Rob, he's mistreating Tyrion, which is kind of a a big deal for a lord to mistreat a guest in his own house. But he doesn't know, he can't possibly know, that Cat found out that the knife, the dagger that was used in the attempt to kill Bran, was owned by Tyrion. So he must just be basing it solely off of Cat saying that she thinks the Lannisters are involved. in Right, which, which
1: she did say that before she left. Yes. So, but but yes, he doesn't have any more evidence against Tyrion than that. Yeah,
0: so that's kind of, that's not a whole lot to go on to kind of break uh, tradition and mistreat a guest like so, especially with a open sword. And at one point he takes a sword and points it in his face. Hmm. And that's when... Uh, Tyrion says that uh, John got all his father's graces. Right, right.
1: We'll be right back.
0: Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let Summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show
1: notes. So Bran goes back to his room and falls asleep yep. uh, with Summer next to him. Yep, Hodor carries him up there, and he dreams again. And...
0: Once again in his dream, he is a thousand miles up. I'm starting to think that's the only distance that he knows in his dreams is a thousand miles because he was a thousand miles in the air when he was falling. Now he's a thousand miles in the air when he's climbing. So
1: if he falls out of bed, he thinks it's a thousand <laughs> miles.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's clearly references to what happened with the Lannisters when he was uh, climbing last time. At one point, he keeps saying to himself, I didn't hear. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear. And
1: which smacks of a guilty conscience. Like you heard. <laughs> you heard something. You heard. Again. You heard enough to deny. You heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the other thing he has in the dream is that he's climbing up using the gargoyles, and he mentions that the gargoyles probably were lions, but now they're twisted and grotesque. Which uh-huh. sort of certainly uh, that sequence of words takes you towards Tyrion Lannister.
0: Right. Yeah. Or it could even you could even take that in a more, even more metaphorical sense in that the Lannisters were once lions and now they're twisted and grotesque.
1: Very nice. Uh, Very nice. You know. I mean, given that we know who right. he's going to find at the top of that thing, we know it's not Tyrion. Yes. It's, it's a- the twisted and grotesque Lannisters that are not physically twisted and grotesque. Right.
0: And we know that um, what Branover saw in his mind was probably rather twisted and grotesque, although I don't think it quite registered what he was seeing, but yes. I believe he knows they were brother and sister. Yes.
1: So, so after he wakes back up, he he dines with the Night's Watchmen.
0: Yeah, and there's one quick little thing that the dogs don't come near the hall anymore because of the wolves. And Um, Bran used to think that weird, and now he just like rolls with it. But I thought that was interesting that the wolves have pretty much claimed wolves are the alphas here now. Yeah, Yeah. and and then um, while he's eating, he overhears one of the Night's Watchmen. I can't remember which referred to. Sir Alistair Bane. And I thought, I think I know who he's talking about. (laughs) John? (laughs) Okay. I think it might be... Just checking, yes. (laughs) Might have been Tyrion, too, of course.
1: (laughs) So they talk about uh, Uncle Benjen being missing north of the Wall. Yeah. And... Was it Joran who says yes. most likely he's dead?
0: Yeah, I was like, Have us some tack, guy. Come on.
1: <laughs> I guess
0: <laughs> you're talking to children here. Yeah, he's probably dead.
1: Yeah. I think the night's watch are kind of like they're kinda of like Stark to the max, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. We live on this cold wall. Oh, that guy died. <laughs> yeah, he was my favorite. Yeah, I really liked him. He's dead. Let's burn his body in case he wakes up.
0: <laughs> that really sends Rob over the edge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, and this goes to the sort of psyche of both Rob and Bran here that they have a sense of abandonment and they yeah. can't face the thought of losing yet another oh, yeah. close member of the family. Right, right. Yeah, they've in quick succession.
0: They've lost whether to just leaving or what. They've lost pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah. and
1: uh, I mean, they've got themselves. They, we constantly forget Rickon. They have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, do <don't> forget, <laughs> baby. So, I think everyone has forgotten, <laughs> yeah. including his parents. <laughs> yeah. So there are three of them there, but I guess he's sort of pre-vocal. So really, they've only got each other to talk to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Bran f- uh, flails out in his panic about Benjen being missing and says that the children of the forest will protect him. The children of the forest will protect him. Right, and this makes Theon snicker and yeah. uh, Bran and Mr. Seems Lewin. Seems like he does that a lot. Yes. Mr. Lewin a little more sympathetically says, Bran, the children have been dead for thousands of years. Right. Only, their only remnant is the faces in the trees. Yeah. But then Joran says, well, down here that might be true, but up past the wall, who's to say? Up there, a man can't always tell what's alive and what's dead. Right. I like that line. That's yeah. a pretty cool line. Yeah. So Joran, I, and again, this makes me think a little bit more all the way back to poor old Garrod. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yoren's talking like he knows that right. The, others that does, exist that yeah. the dead, the dead awake. But Garrod, who's as crusty a Night's nice Watchman as uh, right <laughs> as Yoren, he fled and had his head cut off. Right. Yeah. He did not handle that very well. Yeah. But maybe, maybe Yoren just believes the stories right once if you're in which experience the stories he too might head for the hills
0: yeah yeah that's true and you know that also had me thinking that you know we were just talking in the last Tyrion chapter about how Tyrion thinks all this others talk is, is so silly and we were like yeah pretty much anywhere outside of the north it just seems like ridiculousness but even in the north You know, they're in Winterfell, and pretty much everyone is scoffing at the idea, except for Bran, who's a little boy.
1: Yeah, and old Nan, who tells the stories, keeps keeps the legends alive.
0: So I guess maybe it's the wall is isolated, and only people that believe that there could be such things out there. And those of us who read the prologue. Yeah.
1: So Rob carries Bran back to bed. They're abandoned and frightened, as we said. Yeah. Uh,
0: this is when you really start to get some clues as to why Rob reacted the way he did yeah, about yeah. Benjamin being uh, considered to be possibly dead.
1: So they, they, they lay on the bed together, and Bran, the Rob says that when Mother gets home, they'll ride out to meet her. Yes. Together with
0: won't she be so shocked In to bed. see you a horse, I believe yeah. he says. And then they'll surprise John at the wall as well. If they get there before he says the words. He might surprise them and come back <laughs> yeah. home with them. <laughs>
1: and uh, I think th- they both fall asleep, or Bran falls asleep while they're uh, holding hands.
0: Br- yeah, so they're holding hands, and um, it's dark, so Bran can't see Rob's face, but he can hear him sobbing, uh. and he thinks, there's my brother. That's not Rob the Lord there. Yeah. That's. I mean, if you think about life from Rob's perspective, you know, Bran obviously had the tragedy of, you know, his fall and now losing the use of his legs, but... Rob's had
1: quite a go of things yeah. too. The, the the difference, of course, I mean, well, apart from the fact one's older and more able to cope with such things, is that Rob is busy. Right. And he, his mind is constantly taken that's off true. his yeah, yeah. own sorrows. Bran has literally got nothing to do yeah. but sit and dwell on them. So I definitely think it's worse for Bran.
0: Yeah, that's true. And theoretically, Catelyn should be back at some, at some point. Rob should have his burden lightened
1: when Kat returns. His mom returns and can help him. Although I gotta say, in my imagining forward to that moment. I think she's going to spend an awful lot of time with Bran. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep at it. Right. Gonna... <laughs> Pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. Remember I sat here for like a week without eating and drinking. <laughs> While well, he wasn't doing anything. Now he's awake. I'm not going to miss out on these opportunities.
0: And would you mind looking after your baby brother? <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> God, I'd about that one.
1: <laughs> Poor Rick, and he's he's as feral as Shaggy Dog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just... Well,
0: like you said uh, last, uh, I think it was last, was last episode? No, 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 it was the beginning. It was just uh, about an hour yes, ago. Yes, spirit yes, animals. Yes. Yes, that's yes. where we're going with that. <laughs> so, They're definitely uh, uh, spirit animals there.
1: We'll be right back.
0: This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, Go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com/slash You can find the link in our show notes.
1: Alright, so it's a background. Um Brandon the Builder. So Brandon the Builder is, comes up in Nan's stories. Yeah, she thinks he
0: she thinks that Brand's favorite stories are Brandon the Builder's stories. And he's like, "No, you got me confused with another Brandon. I like the scary stories." Right,
1: which he then regrets saying because she gives him the scary <laughs> stories in spades right. and scares the living daylights out off, of it. Lady, you're scaring me. <laughs> so Brandon the Builder was well, Brandon Stark, was the legendary founder of House Stark. Mm-hmm. So back six thousand years ago, said to have lived during the Age of Heroes. According to the legend, Brandon built the Wall and Winterfell. Um, yeah,
0: Brand mentions that in this chapter that. He did those things.
1: Some stories say he did this with the help of giants, and certainly the wall could use some giants in the building yeah. of it. According to a ballad in Maester Childer's Winter's Kings, or the legends and lineages of the Starks of Winterfell, Brandon also sought assistance from the Children of the Forest, and learned to understand the true tongue in order to do so. Wow. There you go. Oh, man.
0: And we were impressed by Cat's ability to learn her gibberish language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a whole other
1: level. He's also credited with building such important Structures around Westross's Storm's End, the Baratheon Castle in the Stormlands, mm-hmm. and the Stone High Tower at Oldtown. Which was, is, yeah. He was a prodigious builder. <laughs> I, I would have thought you'd get Bran the Builder just from the wall, but right. all of this stuff, too. Maybe those were his first tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Some credit the, um, Bran's son as the builder of uh, High Tower. He was also named Brandon. So, you know, 6,000 years ago, two Brandon (laughs) Starks building easily get munged into one.
0: Senior and junior get lost. Yeah.
1: A lot of scholars think maybe an ancient king's actions have been exaggerated into legend or the reigns of multiple kings have been remembered as one through the passage of time. It's also said that Brandon gave the Night's Watch Brandon's gift, a stretch of land 25 leagues wide south of the wall to be their farmlands to keep them fed. Again, some masters argue this was done by another Brandon of House Stark. There apparently have been lots of them. Right. The thing to remember about the Age of Heroes is that it all happened thousands of years before the maesters who recorded it lived. So nobody really knows how much the stories have, uh, how, how much truth the stories right, have yeah. to them. The world does physically exist. Right. So someone built someone it. Someone did build and it. It is quite <laughs> yeah. the structure. Sure. <laughs>
0: So, certainly, if there are giants, it would certainly make sense that they were involved in helping yeah, yeah. build it.
1: But, I mean, you can see how the maesters wrote the histories. I mean, that people like Old Nan have the legends, you know, right. in story form. You, the, that becomes the written uh, version eventually at some right. point.
0: So, uh, Lord Rickard gets a mention. Um, he is Bran's grandfather. And... Uh, He's so Ned's father, yes, he's Ned's father, got gotcha. you, and uh, Brand mentions that uh old Nan keeps getting him confused with a bunch of other previous Brandons so far back, that, I think
1: we just had three a second ago in my, yes, background. Right. So <laughs>
0: and we know that made. that we have a boy here named Brand, and his uncle was named Brandon, yep, so uh he mentions that uh this Brandon was either the younger brother or the older brother of Rickard Stark. But that is actually not true, because Rickard was an only child. Oh. Yeah, so uh, Lord Rickard was the only child of Lord Edwyle Stark and Lady Marna Locke. So the Brandon that we believe that Nan was originally brought in to be the wet nurse for, that Brandon was our brand's great-grandfather, Edwile's half-brother.
1: A half-brother of
0: Edwile. okay. Yes, Edwyle's half-brother, who would be some, I don't know, great-great-uncle or something yeah, like that. Yeah, great-great-uncle, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think you get one extra great when you're an uncle. Your grandfather yeah. and your great-uncle are the same okay. generation. Yeah. So your great-grandfather great- and your great-great-uncle, yeah. Right, okay. It's so great- a yeah, great-great-uncle,
0: yeah. And that, Brandon, was the son of William Stark and Lyanne Glover. That Brandon died roughly around 70 years ago, so... Old man is pretty old. She is pretty old, yeah. Now, he does say she might be the oldest person in the Seven Kingdoms, mm-hmm. but we know Maester Eamon is 100.
1: Oh, right. So, okay. I think he might have her by yeah, a bit. Yeah, by a bit. If she was a wet nurse... Oh, but that's when he died. Yeah, uh, yeah. He died at age three, though. Oh, okay. She wasn't a so. very good wet nurse. i <laughs> surprised they kept her around. He here. died of the summer chill. Okay. <laughs>
0: so... Rickard uh, married his cousin once removed.
1: Rickard, let's go back to who Rickard is. Rickard
0: Rickard is Bran's grandfather. Yes, Ned's father. Ned's father, yep. So Rickard married his cousin once removed, Lyara Stark, and had the four children we are familiar with. Brandon, which is Uncle Brandon. Eddard, Lyanna, and Benjen. Gotcha. Not a ton of info is available on Rickard. The details of his death uh, will be revealed in the book, so we won't go into that. Really, the only other info I could find on Rickard... That was even noteworthy is that he negotiated the betrothal of his heir, Brandon, uncle Brandon to Caitlin Tully. Yeah. We know about that. Yes, we knew it. We certainly yeah. know well about that who, and she ended up marrying Ned and Brandon was killed. It is said that Rickard accepted a betrothal between his daughter, Liana and um, Lord Robert Baratheon of Storm's end. Now King Robert, uh, when Ned carried Robert's proposal to Winterfell, if you remember, Ned and Robert were fostered with, John Aaron in That's the Vale right. from the time they were eight until they were sixteen so he must he brought the proposal home with him on a gotcha gotcha a trip home
1: okay so the comparison with the TV show I slightly spoiled some of this because when we talked about Bran's dream chapter earlier um, I said that Nan had some of the stories but in actual right. fact that was these stories yeah uh, but but in some ways they kind of do overlap Brand's dream and Nan's stories have some uh, yes. commonality to sure. them yeah right um, so sorry about that her her stories are almost exactly the same in the show as they were in the book and they definitely scared Bran. Right. Um Theon brings Hodor to carry Bran down. Summer growls at Theon.
0: Huh, really?
1: Interestingly. Uh Rob is similarly unpleasant to Tyrion, but the wolves don't attack Tyrion in the TV okay, show. Okay. Tyrion does not have news of Benjen as the timelines are slightly different. Right. So we don't get the touching Rob Bran scene. Uh, we do get a very interesting scene in which Tyrion quizzes Theon as to where the hell Catelyn Stark is. Yeah. Huh. I don't
0: remember that. Uh-huh. That's it. That's a...
1: It also leads to some backstory about Theon, which I won't bring up because we presumably we'll get it in the book, but Theon, Tyrion talks to Theon and we get a little bit of Theon's backstory there. Uh, okay. So leading on to pedantry, this is slightly TV show pedantry. Uh, no, actually, well, why didn't Tyrion in the book... Ask where Caitlin was. <laughs> the, that that the, that scene in the TV show made me think about that. It's like yeah. that's a uh, that was something that Tyrion Stark, Tyrion Stark, Tyrion Lannister would not have missed.
0: <laughs> now, now Bran came in when they were already. He didn't. He wasn't there when they when they first met Rob and Tyrion. So it's possibly could have asked him that. Before Bran got there.
1: Right. But I'd be curious what answer Rob gave because... <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> She's off finding evidence against you. <laughs> that is a solid point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, that, that occurred to me. That was, that was a nice addition on the TV show because I think it was an important question that Tyrion would have asked. Yeah, um, yeah. I the, like that. The other bit of TV show pedantry is that now Tyrion has Lannister body, bodyguards, which he didn't seem to have on the way up to the Wall. Is right. That,
0: it, 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 I remember you mentioning that yeah. in the Tyrion 2 chapter, that he didn't have the yeah. bodyguards that he had in the book. So I've had a wonder. So Bran says that Lewin sent a bird to his mom. Where would he send this bird? <laughs> Did he also send one to Ned? He sent one to Ned, to, to his, his mom, mom, and to John. Is and he- I thought, where is he going to send just put on its secret address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows where she's going to end up. Yeah. So how did he manage to send her a bird? And then they wonder why the
1: message yeah, never got yeah. there. That is interesting because, I mean, presumably the birds are taught to go to places. Right. So yeah. you can't just send it to a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, good. that's good. Well done. Oh, thank you. All right. So, and, ra- oh, sorry. Well,
0: I was just going to say, um, you should uh, tell our lovely audience about uh, your... Ski lift story.
1: <laughs> um, I had quite a few. I think you mean the one where... <laughs> With the guy, the kids. The guy, kids. <laughs> the kids. So I was getting on the ski lift, and a guy was sort of like... The ski lift... The queue for the ski lift is kind of like a mess. You know, there's sort of like just a bunch of people on skis sort of like stumbling forward. The This ski lift was four people wide, and there were four children just in front of me. And there was a guy alongside me, and the guy was obviously... I mean, I guess father to these children because one by one he asked the four children if they wanted to ride by him, and all four of them said no.
0: Which is a good advice if they're not, if he's not their father,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, true, random stranger. True. I totally agree with
1: these kids. So, <laughs> so they rode. The four kids rode together, and I said to the guy, I said, well, you can ride with me. <laughs> so we sat behind, the, we were one behind these kids, and we went up and we chatted for a while. It was a nice guy, and we had a nice time. So at the top of the ski lift, where you disembark, <laughs> the ski lift goes up to a sort of platform, and then you have to ski off the right. platform, and it dips back down again to get you away from the ski lift as right. quickly as so possible. So other people
0: can get off exactly. as well.
1: Um, When they disembarked, they all four fell in a spectacular fashion. I mean, it looked like one of those cartoon fights where there's just a cloud of stuff coming up and then poles and skis popping up out of it. And so immediately the the sort of emergency stop was pressed on the ski lift. And so we were left swinging there, just like 10 feet from the disembarking point. No sign of any of these four kids. And the guy is sort of like stretching his neck to see if he can see what's going on. And he he shouts their names one by one. And no kid reappears. Just pulls and and, uh, (laughs) skis
0: sticking out in every direction.
1: Finally. I mean, it takes... Easily thirty seconds before even one of them shows their face, <laughs> the one, who, the first one to pop up is laughing their head uh, off. So you know it's clearly not a completely disastrous situation. But it takes at least a minute for all four of them to disentangle <laughs> and get back up. Uh, oh, I said to the guy, I said they should have rid- should have ridden with you. <laughs> right? See, that's what you get. Oh boy. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap this up. We're going to keep going with this episode, Bonanza. We're working yes, hard to we do
0: are. it. Please. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you, you get a chance to check out both episodes in the week if you could. We'd really appreciate that.
1: Yep. Uh, so Bran's struggling to accept his new limitations. And as as we mentioned, it must be hard for him yeah. having so few people around him that, you know, not – he's used to be a big family who are right. all around him. Yeah. And that would give him comfort. Now, he doesn't have them. You
0: know? Yeah. He's got his older brother who's off busy being robbed the Lord, and he's got little baby Rickon who's – Forgets yeah. like he's that, probably cute and sweet, but he's probably not a lot for yeah. company.
1: So he has Nan and Summer basically, yeah. And even Summer goes running around occasionally <laughs> just to rub it in, yeah. Um, Poor kid, yeah.
0: And like I mentioned earlier, old Nan, I think, is a pretty interesting character, yeah. yeah. I like her,
1: yeah. Rob's doing his best to be Lord of Winterfell, but does worry me that he's still such a rash boy that he would yeah. meet Tyrion with drawn sword, and yeah. That's, that's a bit much. You can be frosty to someone. Yeah, but.
0: there's a whole thing about guest rights, yeah. and especially in the north, that's a big deal. Guest rights. So I would have thought someone would have advised him against that. But again, he's the lord; he can do what he wants. So maybe someone did advise him against it, and he is like, "And I'm doing it anyway." Yeah. So. Yeah, and the the wolves not liking Tyrion. I like your theory.
1: Yeah. So. Did the assassination the assassination attempt was after John left for the war? Yes, of course it was, because yep. Tyrion left with him, yeah. So Ghost doesn't have Summer telling him Right. I think it's this short guy.
0: Yeah, that because I, I did wonder why those three wolves had an issue with him and Ghost didn't, didn't except for when he knocked Tyrion over when he thought Tyrion was threatening John. Yeah. So your theory I once again, uh, fits. Fits that.
1: I'm glad we came up with that on the fly. <laughs> so um, the Brothers of Nightwatch seem to think that Benjamin's dead. Yeah. And are too brutal to keep that to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what benefit does
0: anybody get from bringing that up to these two boys? <laughs> uh, well, I guess, you know, they're not exactly hired for their uh,
1: no, tact indeed. and... Uh,
0: yeah. Putting on the kick gloves to handle children. Right. Probably probably not a lot of handling uh, children in any capacity. Right, yeah. presumably
1: not, yes. I mean like <laughs> the whole uh, vow of celibacy. Yeah. I mean there aren't <laughs> right. too many right, children right, right. up at the wall. Yeah. So, so you have anything else? No, that's it, I think. All right. That's good. So Me um too. you can always reach out to us on ghosts.haronhall at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at ghosts Harrenhall, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're yep. on them all. We are and here comes a just a quick plea
0: to help get the word out. If you like what we're doing, leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser.com would be a really a great way to help us out. And of course, you can always tweet Facebook about us too. We appreciate any kind of interaction. Certainly would.
1: Alright, thanks everyone. Thanks. Bye. Bye.